We are fellow intergalactic travelers. We are primal sound field pillars, liquid light bearers. We are quantum spinners, timeline hoppers. We are emanators of primordial sound. We are field harmonizers and energy generators. We are neutralizers and trailblazers. Are the keepers of the eternal flames. We are formless, harmonic, dissonant, composed, a song, divine. We are here to raise awareness and share our consciousness expansion experiences and spark other stellar travelers on their journey of embodying their organic blueprint. Thank you for joining us for today's Cup of Consciousness. All right, so we're recording, and today we have Laura. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. This is the first time we do a podcast with Laura specifically to interview her and know a little bit more about her journey. You guys have probably heard a few comments here and there with the Eternal Life Cafe in previous episodes, but I'm excited to to have her here. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, whatever you'd like to share from your journey, how it all started. And I know you're a pianist, right, from age four. Yeah, I've studied music all my life. I went to music school and then to university, like uh, academy, actually, and then to a conservatory. And I graduated last year. And well, basically all my life, I've been feeling this like inner calling for spirituality but I was never actually exposed to the information until I I got maybe 19 20 years old and because and this was probably because there's the language barrier and I didn't know English until that period so I didn't have much access to this type of information but I've always felt this like inner searching of things and I was um, getting interested into things that are like kind of leading into that whenever I found something such as like psychology or philosophy. And then I finally like went into like things such as esoterics and conspiracy theories. And I went through that period and then I, I looked a little bit into new age stuff, but I never actually resonated with with the information itself so I kind of felt something that it was like leading me to something but it wasn't what I was looking for and then eventually I came across Kielontic science and I'm sure many people have this when they find this information they're like that's it I found it this is this is what I was looking for and and I felt that when I found it and 
I really resonated with the information, but something didn't feel right when I was looking into the practices and things and and I wasn't sure what to do so I didn't really practice much I I did the Maharic shield for like a week and I actually felt some really dark stuff while I was doing that like for a week so I stopped and I, I stopped doing any practices from Kilontic science for a while and then I started coming across um like discernments and things and I met my partner Jay and he was a little bit more forward in his path work and he had unfolded some things already so I learned a lot from him and mm -hmm. just so you guys know so we're talking about just so Jay and Laura are Starfire Harmonics on Instagram for you guys to to check out their other content and I have already you know spoken about them before but yeah so this is the, what I call the Jorah team because um, <laughs> <laughs> because one one time I was like talking with Georgie and I said something I wanted to say Jay and Laura but then I said Jorah and I was like oh I guess I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> team is here and he, jay will be joining here in a bit too apparently so cool <laughs> yeah all right carry on <laughs> well that's basically it and then the thing is from the moment we met we we met through certain things that were occurring and certain attacks and it's been really difficult since then dealing with the attacks and in the beginning we we were doing a lot of path work and we were clearing massive things and for a very short time and it was like accelerating and the attacks got progressively more and more severe and overwhelming and basically we've been dealing with this for a while now and yeah. we're still trying to clear things yeah i have a question for you because this is something that just just kind of came in from somebody like listening later on so are you guys soulmates that's like a like a question that came in so what yeah just answer it the way you know you uh because i know the word soulmate doesn't resonate for your but but not but go ahead yeah we we don't like to label things <laughs> like that <laughs> Uh, I think there's a lot of trickery with, with that, especially in the New Age movement. And um, there's a lot of love bite stuff going on that people think it's twin flame or soulmate or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, we, we did feel resonance like that, like a twin flame resonance, you could say, but we're not labeling it anything at the moment <laughs> right so but would you say it's something like this inner knowing that you belong to the same like constellation or family constellation or something like this it, it does feel different from any other relationship that you've had right yeah definitely and like for example there's no this type of like obsession that people get in the beginning when they're in a relationship and they feel this massive resonance with someone and they're like super excited and there wasn't like anything like this it was this like deep inner core resonance and it was very peaceful but very like coming home type of feeling 
Mm, I love that peaceful right because people tend to confuse that like you get butterflies in, in, in the stomach and stuff for like oh this is a attraction this is love but yeah, um, many things this is actually courting and, and not like not not always uh intentional but because of people have different distortions like sexual distortions and things and and they unconsciously do it on an energetic level and they get these like cordings and that's when you get these super um over excited and over like obsessive thoughts and things like that and right. mm, yeah so that that wasn't your case and th so that's how we we know that it's different from from things that we experience regularly on this earth plane and i say we but i haven't yet found someone like that but i have this it's kind of like we were saying like this inner knowing because you and i were talking about this this feeling right and we're gonna go more into this here in a bit with you guys but this inner knowing that there's something more this every relationship i've had is like mm, this is not it something feels off and it's like yeah you, you just kind of feel like something else is coming but you don't, you don't know how it's going to be presented to you or, or how you're going to recognize it it's just going to be more of a feeling you know yeah. so but yeah that, that is amazing I, I just love that and it's interesting <laughs> because for quite a few years I was I've had some like very short relationships if you can even call them that but um you <laughs> can't even call them that. not many and at certain point I I realized I need to do my own inner search and my own development. And I was actually pushing away relationships and I was avoiding them because I I was trying to focus within and on myself and I wasn't looking for a connection like that, but it happened <laughs> at some point. So, yeah. That's that's it, right? It's like when you just kind of let that go and you're like, that's not what I really want. Because in, in any case, uh, and this is another thing that we should probably touch on as well. It's like all these like um, needs and wants and things that we think are are very human. They they are in a sense in this earth plane, right? But the, but it's not really who we truly, truly are. So yeah. once you like leave that aside, then it just kind of naturally starts coming in. But in, in a way that it's like because of you have deepened your connection with yourself and with source that it's manifesting in your hologram in a way right yeah yeah mm, beautiful beautiful <laughs> so what were we saying besides yeah the, so your relationship with it with Jay and then so you started getting more into um the practices and then all the attacks started happening you've been dealing with all these things and and then uh so yeah now like uh, so how do you feel like right now about uh, all these things that you have learned and and this uh, like we were saying this inner knowing because I know a lot of people are wondering well yeah how does she know that this is the path that this is the way because I've experienced amazing things. Give us an example. That. <laughs> um, well, it's really hard to put into words, and but the level of acceleration that we experienced when we were like really every day, all day doing that uh, path work, uh, it was incredible, and we've. On that path, this is accelerated path. So you can clear massive traumas and, and things that have been blocking you for many, many lifetimes. And 
um, as opposed to normal like psychotherapy and other different roads that you can take that take many years and even your whole life you can be dealing with just one trauma and still not clear all of it yeah. but on this path you can literally clear these things for a month or two months Mm. yeah it depends on the person and and what you're doing and the level that you're doing it and and the amount of things but it's way accelerated and and much different and much more effective than uh, just focusing on one aspect like psychology or whatever else Mm -hmm. so it kind of brings all these things together like if you study certain Chinese practices uh, or like from new age stuff like you can pull certain information from everywhere and there's like pieces of it so there's the qigong aspect for example where you have body movement but uh you need to understand how this connects to your energetic anatomy how you can use it to integrate so it's not just moving your arms and breathing, but you, you need to internalize this and, and use visualization to move the energy. And that's, for example, how you can upshift their, their teachings, their, the practice of Qigong. Then you have meditation. And many people talk about meditation and from different teachings that uh, it's just sitting down and focusing on the breath and just being aware of the breath and not trying to control anything. And observing but that again that's just one aspect there's the observer but there's also the intention so there's awareness and intention so the awareness you observe you let the body bring things up and then you have the intention with which you guide the energies to to release so in certain practices they only don't they only focus on the awareness aspect and they they say you shouldn't visualize you should just focus on the breath and if you see what I'm saying, so bringing different aspects of different things into one holistic um, path and and many different practices, that, that's how you develop these things. Yeah, that's how you have developed these things. So I, I would like to know, because I know somebody's also asking, like, what, so give us a specific example of something like amazing that happened in your life that could depict like how you just kind of know that you're doing the right thing for yourself and um, that you can share this with other people, you know? Well, it's just, um, it's again, it's hard to explain because it's more <laughs> of a feeling rather okay. than uh, uh, thinking into words, being able to, to put it into mm. words. So like at certain points when we were doing the pathwork, I felt like massive releases of things and like super heavy energies just being lifted. And at other points, for example, um, bringing back codex that was like lost uh, from certain traumas or past lives. And you you literally feel that energy returning to you, and and then you 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 integrate it and you like feel the information that these codes that return to you have been holding, and, and it's kind of it unlocks more knowledge and more insight within yourself that that mm-hmm. you haven't had access to because you you it was stolen from you or you lost it from certain events. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, and do, do you think that manifests um, in, in a way in your life by, for example, knowing that you cleared something because you're not uh, looping in certain things like you used to before and things like this, right? You see a change, you see a shift in, in the way you perceive things. So that's how you know it's being effective, right? Yes, and, and certain things also change. Like, um, for example, I, in the beginning, I had really hard time running energetic techniques. I would fall asleep or I would get distracted, or I would be really struggling to hold the image of something in my mind. So I can I could visualize it for two seconds, and then it would disappear. And now I would have to spend like two hours trying to push it and to, to make it happen, like the whole technique. Wow. And then one day we, we cleared something massive. And on the next day, when I ran Akasha, it was completely different experience I could like super fast just imagine everything I could feel all the energies I could feel the code moving I could feel my shields so you you feel the frequencies when you start to clear stuff you you start feeling the energies more and, and having yeah. more insights into what's going on around you and in your in yourself as well Ah, that's a perfect example. And I got chills because I could totally resonate with that. It just like the, like you say, you, you don't even expect to feel things because some people are going to be like, well, that's just, that's just in your mind. You know, you wanted to do certain, certain things and then you did it and you might, your mind created it. But for me, what's happened a lot is that I'm just sitting there doing my thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And then something else that appears later on explains it to me, like in a book or in a post or, or teachings or whatever. And that's the way most of the stuff has happened, not all of it, but a lot of it is like, you're just, you're, you know, you're kind of being guided by, by, by something like another aspect of you, or, you know, some people might call it God. We don't like to use that word, but, um, but yes, there is a, there is a, um, a higher knowing, a, a guidance, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. within that also, there needs to be a lot of discernment because sometimes something could be messing with you. Mm -hmm. I know those feelings and like uh, pushing some sort of overlays in your field so this uh, these are things that you learn on the way and you have to be aware at any point that you just need to use discernment is this mine truly mine or is it coming from somewhere else yeah that's such an important question to always ask yourself but it's not like mm -hmm. a, a state of fear or paranoid or anything like that that's 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 not the way to do it it's just um from the observer point right it's like when you're going to cross the street you're not just going to go like this you know it's like yeah exactly you're you gonna like both ways yeah, yeah we're, we're in these little bodies and i like where you know like just gonna be like ah whatever comes to me i'm just <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so it's just being aware right and being cautious it's not about like oh my god I'm not gonna go outside because there's cars no right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I just love these metaphors because uh, it's yeah I think it, it depicts a clear image of what we're trying to say here um so, uh anyway so uh, what else were we saying here um yeah go ahead with with what you were sharing and I I kind of lost the train of thought what I was gonna say next I think that was kind of it I don't know what else <laughs> awesome so thank you guys for joining us <laughs> no I mean I I don't know what anything 
specific more you want me to yeah say, I, kind I need of... to come up i need to come up with better questions hold on a second all right let me see what's coming to me here guys what do you want to ask um ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me see here okay something about the something about the akasha or something oh yeah that's a good question okay so uh because you guys have come up with um, certain techniques that you're saying like upshifted, right? Yep. And um, I'm, I'm guessing some people might be curious because everybody's seen, or not everybody, but a lot of people listening have seen all the codes that you post on your page. And hi, Jay, welcome. Did you finish eating? Yeah. Yeah, what did you have? Soup. Oh, that's it? What kind of soup? <laughs> Vegetables and mushrooms and pasta oh okay sounds good all right there you go guys a recommendation from jay if you if you want like nutrition tips um jay knows uh, you know the best stuff to get out there to be in like a you know in a very uh what's the what's the word um to create higher frequencies or whatnot yeah. <laughs> the most difficult aspect of this is the practice Mm. the knowledge any knowledge even like what you said like diet it's the the most difficult is to overcome yourself and do it yeah yeah because this is yeah this is a whole other topic but we could eventually talk about like how everything has a certain frequency and what you put in your body has a specific um energy encryption right and it's it's either going to uh, make you feel light or heavier right or den denser i guess exactly right? mm -hmm. It's about um, also looking at things at all levels at the same time. So you're not working on a specific problem just from physical level, for example, or just from mm -hmm. mental or psychological or just from energetic. It has to be from all layers of your template and consciousness. Right. Because when you're doing too much from the head, like we were speaking about yesterday, you and I is like, yeah, it's uh, well. I have to eat this. I have to do that. But then maybe there's there are other things that you have to clear first before you actually get into that. Even because then you'll just be doing things that you think you have to do, but it's not even what your body needs in the moment. Yeah, it's like um, getting the body used to it, but you you have to keep progressing. So getting, for example, if we're talking about food, uh, you you just need to start going lighter and lighter and lighter just in periods and mm -hmm. do you feel comfortable with a specific diet and then you make it lighter so you don't jump from eating fried meat and and things like that to juice fasting if right. you see what I'm saying because it's not going to be sustained you need to build it up and get your body used to it and also you shouldn't let yourself go back so once you reach a certain stage, don't let yourself go back. Oh, yeah. I was also thinking that there, there are probably also certain traumas or things that are keeping you in certain, like, um, for example, certain like sugar addictions or things like this that people have. I would say, I don't know what you guys think, but first deal with that from the root of the, the cause of where, the, where does that addiction come from versus like trying to force yourself continuously to change your diet. Like, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's both. Both at the same time? Both yeah. at the same time, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. It's kind of with everything. It's the middle path and, and figuring out what what our body and what 
we resonate with most but but the thing with that getting to that point is well there's many things there's addiction and things like that and cravings and parasites and all types of things so how do we know like for example let's say somebody becomes like they're like all right i'm done with all this i'm going to become a vegan i'm going to start doing juice fasting and then and then all of a sudden they well whether you see like a video on it or not it's just your own processes you're like or maybe how about I become more lax on this? And then you start like eating some chicken or fish or some bread with eggs in it. And then all of a sudden it'll start a new pattern of that. But <clears throat> the thing is also with this, um, even on a vegan diet and juice fasting, you could still get parasites. And depending on what type of parasites these are and Usually you're only going to get meat parasites if you're eating meat, but that's what these cravings are driven from. They'll literally like release dopamine in the brain and with certain thought forms and literally pull us to eat these certain types of foods. So that's what I'm saying is the middle path, because oftentimes being so strict and like driving yourself to do something that you're not fully ready for, or, um, wouldn't be the best for you, uh, can cause blockages also. But at the same time, uh, we need to first clean ourselves out so that we know that that's actually what we resonate with and not something else driving those cravings or feelings. Do you see what I'm saying? Overall, what I resonate with is a plant-based diet. Um, I got to a point where meat just felt really heavy and like like terrible I, I didn't even need to like cut myself back from it I just stopped and the first few months uh well I don't know how long it was but for a while I was like really strict on it and but then I started eating like certain pastries and stuff like that and that's like where I would uh kind of uh be not fully vegan i'd eat some things with egg in it or uh like not eggs but like eggs mixed in and more lax but still not eating meat and there is an importance on uh regular detoxing and all of that juice fasts or even if somebody wants to do uh dry fasting i haven't personally done that but i have done intermittent fasting and juice fasting and it's definitely important to clean out the system often raw diet is really good i've never felt when we when we've done raw diet it what i've never that? felt more energetic so eating only raw food so oh raw sorry i heard raw <laughs> as the, yeah the, as the accent i love your accent though but yes i heard i roll i don't like oh what is that but uh, but yeah, raw. Okay, that that works. Yeah, um, I was gonna say something uh, on the on that topic too, like because yeah, this is a very controversial topic as well. But um, but I I, I was like just thinking about the the liver fast. Did you guys end up doing that finally or not yet? No, no. the liver cleanse. Sorry, not liver fast. Liver cleanse. No, it was uh just an yeah quite intense experience. But uh, I did feel like it did clean out a lot of things. So I would recommend trying it 
yeah. <laughs> like, uh, one, the one where you drink a bunch of olive oil or something. Yeah. And I, I recorded a podcast on this too for anybody that wants to listen to my whole experience. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it, it definitely felt like, uh, and you have to do this like several times, like it's not just a one-time thing, but it's a whole week of really just cleansing your, your liver and feeling literally little like little pebbles or something rolling down and some sort of, it tells you to like lay down, close your eyes and focus on the liver. And I could just feel the energy going like this and then a bunch of little pebbles going down it's really interesting <laughs> yeah yeah because we do accumulate these things like in, in the years that we've it's about uh, avoiding like cold food uh you know cold drinks and things that I wasn't even thinking that I eat all the time or drink all the time and, and it's like oh all these things are damaging my liver but anyways yeah um okay we're digressing on the, the main topic here but the, I hope you guys enjoy that little parenthesis on nutrition <laughs> there's but also I, to add to that um yeah. well from the uh south american tribes and the practice of dietas where you eat a more bland diet so you don't use spices or anything uh anything like that and you you work with a certain type of herb or plant so you're drinking the tea all day long for an extended period of time and the reason that you don't use spices or anything in a bland diet is so that you can focus on the plant that you're working with and oh. at the end of this and after doing uh, several rounds of working with this plant it it's then uh taught that and experienced that it becomes like a a plant ally like you learn from it there's there's and each plant would have a different like quality like some would mental some emotional certain types of purges wow yeah. wow that's that's really cool well definitely something to try eventually there's so many things i want to try i'm like ah oh, okay but one step at a time right <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing that um i do want to come back to the code thing because that was just a question that popped in into my awareness of the the codes that people see on on your guys's website on instagram uh and the things that you have upshifted for example, the the Kasha code uh, for doing the the Maharic technique, and you call it the pillar of power. And uh, so, yeah, this is this is something that I think you know. For me, it's like the ABCs of like uh, starting to you know do the like the shield integrity work and all that stuff. But how did that come about? How did that that code Akasha? How was it born? Well, the geometries most of those I haven't shared publicly so nobody's really seen them but that I just I was just making those and but then I started using them as I was refining techniques I didn't resonate with the specific sequences and was finding a lot of things in the mechanics that I didn't fully resonate with not slowly but I progressively started building up uh, my own version of what you could say is the an Akasha Maharic or 12D shielding, but adding in more components into it. For example, the main thing in it is working with the three density cores or the well 
the wellsprings um, or dantians, whatever one wants to call it. Coming across the 12D shield uh, tech pillar technique first and before I later found the other techniques building off of that, I didn't do it exactly just how it was said. I was already aware of and doing like using these primal frequency spectrums that I resonated with and doing micro and macro orbits and uh, all types of different techniques with visualizing and how I move things and spin, spun things. Um, yeah. Another thing I guess you could, that would be good to explain and refining is, and anybody could do this. They don't need like this technique from us. You, it's, it, it could just be developed on your own and how you feel like um, expanding on techniques and refining them. But I would uh, stress the importance of doing that and not just doing things and thinking that, uh, for example, in Quilantics, that it's absolutes and the only way that you can do things and to be scared to not develop things yourself because that's not true um yeah. but uh it's just on mechanics and what i would say is objective if for example in these techniques if you're only spinning your pillar counterclockwise that would in a simple uh aspect be centripetal contracting so you're constantly contracting your field. You're constantly contracting your platforms, whichever ones you're spinning counterclockwise. Um, and to get a scalar phenomena, you need the counter rotating at the same time. And that's when you can tap into the, the zero point core of it. So that's in the technique and what I started developing, I would spin them both directions uh, simultaneously. This is what I, I want to for people to maybe um, have a better like understanding is like, so how did you come up with that? Did you like feel the shift in your energy when you were doing it both ways versus just one way? And that's how you were like, ah, that's yeah. what it is. Or um, did you get a vision or? Yeah, you see like, what I mean? It was a, a lot of things, probably mm -hmm. all of that, um, mm -hmm. not just one specific thing. But mm -hmm. in that sense, uh, Yes, spinning it just counterclockwise kind of felt like constricting. And mm -hmm. but spinning it both ways, it feels I wouldn't say more expansive, but it's like uh I don't know how to explain it. Maybe more balanced in a way. Like yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and we've felt pretty big clearings from spinning them both ways. Just when you're struggling to spin your shield, that means there's some kind of blockage. So yeah. you have to keep trying and trying and trying and pushing. And once it releases, you will feel the uh, release. Another way to look at this, though, is, yes, it's a pillar in the sense it's a vertical channel. But what you're also doing and in uh, all types of teachings, there's the circle of power. That's essentially what it is. Um, you're evoking your circle around you it's like a circle of protection but in this we're not using pentagrams and calling in archangels and things like that we're evoking our uh pillar of power of sovereignty of our eternal uh sphere and pillar um that's why i call it pillar of power um mm, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same principles of evoking your circle and your sphere but it's uh it's different um 
it, you don't call anything into your circle. You're not in. So that's the difference between invoking, right? Calling in something yeah. versus evoking. It's like you're well, emanating it's, from the it, That's the same thing with many things. It's it's the word play, and some people will still use evoking, but they're actually calling things in. But but yeah, that's how I look at it. Invoking more so would be like you're calling things in, and evoking would be from within your core. You're evoking it forth. Mm. <clears throat> Right, right. So that's that's pretty much like how you come up with all the codes that that you share on your page is like through this uh, direct experience, plus something also about the work with uh, Walter Russell, right? Or a lot of the things that you have been refining. Mm -hmm. I think I talked on that before in a previous one, but both of the, these works can be used, Keylontics and Walter Russell, to kind of uh, refine and check each other there's some things from Keylontics that can upshift things in Walter Russell's work and there's a lot well it's both ways but there's some major things in Walter Russell's that can greatly refine things some major uh discernments for KS to understand the mechanics like way better it can go both ways but but yeah there's some major things in Walter Russell's work that can refine things for uh, KS, for example, um, and and whatever I would urge uh, whoever to look into it themselves and whatever you resonate with, obviously, but the magnetics is the still point core in the container. Um, to put it simply, the polarities are the electrics. So you have the magnetic uh, control of the electric polarities and that's masculine and feminine an expression of electricity through an expansion masculine and a contraction feminine into the magnetic still point which is the control function of the standing wave field and the electric the the oscillation vibration through it um where Keylontics can correct Walter Russell, in my opinion, is he says feminine is expansion, masculine is contraction. And, and that's where I found for myself the refinement for Walter Russell's, but he does in his work give uh, a greater perspective into what magnetism actually is. And then the expression, the, the flash line, uh, expanding and contracting of the electric polarity mm. if that makes sense um yeah i think this is this is getting a little technical for a lot of people even for myself but <laughs> but uh, i you know i kind of get the visuals of what you're saying it's just that but some people when they look at this material and even what you guys post this up is like ah too much information this is too complex uh and then they're like ah they're just kind of like oh this is probably not for me kind of thing and that's happened to to a lot of people um but uh what would you guys say uh to anybody listening and, and thinking this way whatever level one feels like trying to understand things but I, I it i think it is important to start to study the mechanics um a, a, along with all the other path work um because it's a blind spot if not because the mechanics uh, you don't even have to look at it. It, it it does get complex but there's simplicities in it and and once you can understand 
and understand the complexities and simplify it for yourself, which what I mean by that is not to like water it down for yourself and think that you can't understand it, but start studying it enough and over and over and over again. Like that's, I didn't just like read through these things and I'm like, all right, I got it. I read through things many, many, many times and, and like really contemplating it over and over and over again. And, and once you do that, it starts to, uh, the information will flow better and your understanding of it. And in that sense, it's simplified. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also think that um, doing the techniques yourself and, and feeling into them and, and, and feeling the energy shift, it also helps you understand the concepts a little better. And I think a lot of people are also very like, yeah, very visual or very like, um, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I meant by a blind mm. spot is mm. you could feel something's off, but if you can start to understand mechanics, you can find what needs to be refined in many, uh, from simple things to complex things. And also you become your own, um, like you, you stop following, just following information and following somebody else's teachings and practices, but you, you can, it's empowering and you start developing things yourself. So mm -hmm. in that sense, you need to understand the theory and you need to do the practice, but you you can't just do one thing and it, it creates like weaknesses. Yeah. So I, they I, go together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And as you're, for example, you can start studying the basics of mechanics and, and at the same time start running uh, frequency in Akasha, for example. And as you run a kasha, you're gonna upshift your frequencies, so you're gonna be able to hold more information, which is gonna assist you to understand better. But then you have to contemplate the information and start refining it to refine your techniques. If you see what I'm saying, they kind of build each other up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see what you mean. I was, um, mm -hmm. I was gonna say um, this goes for any type of information since we're talking about techniques that were found originally in kilontics and such um the way that it's presented is like it's the absolute like it, it it's like this is how it is um but you start studying more and there's even kind of like she even had it set up like this in the beginning like you only need like basically saying like this is the information for you like you shouldn't study other things because there's reversals and you might get ensnared and all that in the metatronics but then after she introduced sliders and all of that and and certain things she was like okay now it's safe you can go out and study buddhism or whatever you want it's safe now you're running these frequencies um but i think even in the beginning that's uh kind of bullshit um and i even i got it, it's kind of like a a fear insert because i i actually experienced that at first and i was already studying other things before but i was it, it um it almost creates kind of like an obsession and i and i felt the overlay of that and the dynamics of it and i cleared it and um <clears throat> I probably would have still studied Walter Russell's if I knew of it when I first found 
uh, Kilantics, but I found it later on. And uh, it it's uh, it's important to go into any information, not in like uh, a state of like, wow, this feels so resonant. So I'm just going to study this and like they know more than me, like it. Mm -hmm even if you feel that they do know more than you and you're learning a lot use discernment going through it and and sit with things don't just accept it right away like this is how it is um and then start like it, it's okay to study around and try and piece things together and see how things connect in different paradigms of modalities and things like that um i think that's important um what I like about you guys is that you have done uh, a lot of research on different modalities and different uh, practices, teachings and everything. And so that I think is, is super valuable because you do have uh, the deeper knowing of of like the uh, all the things that are out there. And um, and then so it's, you know, just to say it's not just KS and Walter Russell. It's all these things, right, that you have also put together in a way. Mm. Yeah, there are, uh, we study different things and then just make connections and and bring little pieces of different teachings whatever resonates and whatever can be upshifted and and can fit within the rest of our pathwork for example uh as far as kelantic mechanics there's there's still a lot more well i wouldn't even call it kelantic mechanics just eternal mechanics of creation um, there's there's still way more to unfold. Um, for example, um, and this is why people feel that uh, freedom teachings and Kelantics is an attack on other communities. And I'll explain this. For people that don't feel that like that resonance to the truth that is shared in in freedom teachings and Kelantics mechanics, they feel like the because of the way that this work was presented and how people go about sharing it they feel like it's an attack on like other modalities and and creation um for example in the mechanics um calling things like the daisy of death and showing the flower of life next to a, a lotus 12 vectored lotus and saying metatronic finite death black hole and then eternal uh <laughs> so like uh ascending incending you're gonna break free and it's like it yeah it's, i've i've been that, guilty of sharing information like that i gotta say <laughs> yeah it, but the thing with that is all right if you view a torus a toroid field so a compressed sphere because of the phi um harness from above it's gonna look like a lotus literally you'd have to see the 3d and zoom out and view it from different angles so it's not even an accurate representation to say the lotus of life and the flower and fall black hole and because there there's there's more complexities to the mechanics and even somebody that's seen for example how you can see a, a toroid shape from above and it looks like what we're saying is eternal lotus and they're like no that's that's not right that's also a toroid they they just be like this is bullshit then and it, it turns people away but they're because of how it's presented um 
And other people are like, oh, no, that's duality because you can just rotate a 12-pointed vector lotus or a, a seed of life and get 12. And they're like, it doesn't even make sense. If you're looking at a true sphere, true cube field, and, and you're viewing it from the point where you can see like the Cathara grids um, in the 45-degree angles, um, and you rotate this at a certain angle, you're going to see a hexagonal grid and it's going to look like the flower of life. But uh, I haven't done it in 3D yet with the spheres to see how it actually looks. It's not exactly like the flower of life. So what I'm explaining is the harnesses do exist, but there also is hexagonal lattice grids. And, and if the harnesses weren't there, it would just be a certain angle rotated perspective of the cubic wave field. The thing that is happening is, so the natural vortexing of the cubic wave field, and for those watching in Keelantics, what's behind how she says you need the 45 degree and that rotation and the square root of two to get the, the shalaya and the eternal life force coming in through the 45 degree arcs. What that is, is then the vortexing comes in through the cubes, through the 45 degree angles. And that's how it vortexes cube to cube in the cubic wave field. When whatever way they did this in higher dimensions, when you, and I'm explaining it from 3D, but imagine in higher dimensions, it's even more complex um, geometries that have been built off. So what how I'm explaining it now, it might seem complex, but it gets even more complex. So, but when you rotate, for example, let's say you rotated this 3D cubic field to a, the angle where you see the hexagonal lattice pop up. When that's phase locked, and the 60 degree tetrahedrals become the governing vortex flux thrust, and it cuts off the 45 degree angles, that's the harness. And, and this starts building out in the phi ratio, the infinite vortexing that is still connected to the 45 degree and the cubic wave field doubling progression of the octaves, but it's cutting off the full expression and it starts compacting. And it's an implosive closed loop system that is building off these tetrahedral forms that eventually build off into the 64 star tetrahedron grid, which connects with the flower of life, the decahedron, icosahedron, um, and there's all types of ratio harnesses as well. Um, it's not just the square root of two, like she teaches. There's okay. higher square roots in mechanics. So that's another thing more that we need to unfold. And we need to work with uh, 3D geometry to unfold this fully. But yeah, there, there's, there's a lot more to unfold with all this. And mm -hmm. for example, you can see people that if somebody's not like like I said, resonating with some that key aspect of it, like there's definitely something up with this new age push of this sacred geometry and all this. There's these overlays, and you don't need the mechanics to to realize that there are overlays. It's kind of like it pieces it together for you to start to understand the mechanics of it. 
we can see that there are overlays in reality. We can see that there are there's geometry used um, by malevolent paths and benevolent paths that are the same. So it's like, how does that even function like that if it's sacred geometry? And and of course, you could just say, oh, well, it's intention, and that's true. But it's also not fully true. It's functioning side by side because there are harnesses and they're functioning off the same grid works, the, the hexagonal, pentagonal nets. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot to get into, but and and there's so many different ways to talk about this from astrology to and certain areas of information on that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's all interconnected in a way. And what I was just thinking is some people might not even run across like let's say the flower of life and stuff like that. Like people I've been talking to even recently haven't even heard of the flower of life, but they're into spirituality. But then there's these other hooks like astrology with uh you know getting people to think that they're a certain sign or whatnot and and all these other paradigms it's not just the flower of life it's like it's everywhere it's interesting to see when you find somebody who has no interest or clue about kelantics and these terms metatronics eternal life but they've unfolded that there's a hexagonal pentagonal harness on earth and creation and that there's an overlay on mechanics but they Ooh, don't have you... information but for example through gematria they've unfolded it or things like that that's interesting to see true yeah. like austin and um what's his name tj uh yeah and a few others yeah a few others that i don't really know uh, personally but but yes that's so true they're not necessarily much <clears throat> into the the Kalantic stuff uh, but yeah, it's so true. That's a really good point, actually, because some people might say, oh, well, since you're focused on this, you know, this is the reality that you, you've created because of this material. But there's like people coming in from other angles, then that's true. Hmm. Another way to, to see this, um, when you look at the ratios of runes that people use, you could plug it into the flower of life and those uh, five ratios and and which are more compacted runes or into the uh you could build it off of the ryushi convergence one that i've shown and the kathara proportions and it's it's different um angles and there will be more 45 degree angles versus the compacted 60 ones but um that's also interesting to see and and when you look them up most will use the more compacted rune drawings of them uh versus yeah oh because well that's in the um, in the episode that that we recorded uh you you explained this a little bit more on on and this is on the youtube channel guys if you want to check it out uh there's a all these uh, images that Jay showed us in, in that one, it's, it's, it was pretty good. So, but yeah, it's true. It's, it seems like just every practice, every religion, every teaching has been in a way infiltrated to, to fit this, uh, I guess, metatronic overlay, right? Yeah. Um, it's more apparent in the Eastern traditions with the yin yang and uh, how they graph out the octagonal trigram and the Bagua, that's essentially building out the same distorted mechanics. And it's actually, it's pretty in depth. 
and I'd have to study it more um, to uh, explain it. I think it's heaven, mind, earth or something, but it's also the elements, how they how they have it and like the spaces and the line work in it. But um, it keys into gematria also and magic squares and things like that. But what you'll see in this is in, in most uh, teachings on the planet that get in depth like that with mapping things out. Um, it's capped off in the 369. It's not the 36912 and the doubling. It'll it'll be into that hexagonal uh pentagonal lattice grid works, which is the 369. Um and that gets into the vortex math and everything, but for specifically in the Taoist teachings, for example, they they teach that like once you path work enough, you then like I don't know the exact terminology that they use, but basically like you break through, like ascend through the nine celestial firmaments. And you'll see there also the nine, they have these nine celestial firmaments. It's the nine astral wheels. It, yeah. The astral nets, the lower astral net grid work. Um, but yeah. And for example, in comedic teachings, they have the, the nine core gods, um so yeah it's it's all over you take certain things from kilantics and and the information on this and you start unfolding the mechanics a bit more and you'll start to see this pattern all over in all these teachings of and and that's the vortex math aspect of it it's the nine as the capstone um but then for example you go into south america and you see like the chicana um, and it depends on the ratios of how they show it, but that, for example, you can directly align and show Walter Russell's, uh, which is he's showing doubling, but um, his waveform progression of cubes. It's the same thing. Um, so it's like both is present on Earth, and you can see that, but the governing like overlay is exactly what's known as the Metatronics and in this mechanics that's another like uh, way of of knowing that that this is uh this is something that that we should look into because like you said we see it in like um and cultures like uh, ancient cultures, they have all these symbols, right? And then you see that, uh, like Walter Russell looking into into the mathematics of it, right? And then you can be like, oh, connect the dots. It's not just like, oh, there's just one person that came up with it. It's like many different yeah. people and cultures all over the world getting all these like uh, clues as to like what what this what this reality is built upon, right? Yeah, it's originally every tribe of the world had true teachings but we've all been raided and that's all these inserts and everything and not only that but the architecture also from pyramids to all types of uh temples um yeah it's 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 everywhere and that's a, a a whole topic in and of itself and um i haven't done much information to find like uh temples that are the proper ratio and everything but we can see what the pyramids and giza map out to and it's there's both in it but it's building out into golden mean proportions and how the whole area was mapped out but yeah mm. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so one question that just came came to mind. I think this is more my question, not from somebody else. But like, um, so I was just imagining like what happened in in Egypt. Is this where all the mess started, basically? Like in Egypt, is that where everything just started like going downhill? Um, was before later on. Mm. Um, well, this is what I was saying. Talking about this, it could just open up all types of study and yeah um <clears throat> the world has been massively terraformed what's terraformed um it's it's where it it's basically built out other beings or man has built things like land i mean earth terraformed continental terraforming literally to that size like building things out in certain shapes and geometries, um, massive mm. continental size star forts, for example, mm. like continents that are literal geometry, but how we see everything now, you'd have to view. Uh, and again, for anybody that's like a flat earther, you're not going to be able to do this, but for example, using uh, Google Earth and seeing the continents that they show there could be more i don't know um but i've seen unfoldments where people are literally mapping out these massive star forts of the continents and how all the angles and everything and like certain points all connect and it's it's pretty crazy um how these points create the countries and the borders for the countries and how yeah. they were like intentionally Made. And and how these ancient sites and the angles of all of them map out to these continents and certain points and angles and borders of countries and territories. It's that's yeah. What's what the thinking. study of this? What's the study oh, of this? Sorry, like geo, you said a video. Huh? Yeah, geoglyphology. Okay. Yeah. Please do check that out. I remember that that video was really interesting. Um, yeah, because it's all in plain sight, really. If you really look into it. But then it seems but like the system, yeah, the system wants to make people believe that it's either a fiction or a conspiracy or that it's just a movie or, you know. <laughs> to answer the question, um, centered in Kemet alone, no. Um, I think it was more widespread. Um, but there definitely were continents and land where we now have the Pacific and Atlantic. And there are these major fractures there which align with her information that uh, there was massive cataclysms here and uh, freedom teachings gives some insight into what could have caused that. And it was these Atlantean, well, on that side of it, the Atlantean solar lords, the brotherhood of the snake that was doing some targeting um, and uh, developing the this these reversal psionic weaponries and the grids and the tectonic plates and everything and they they fuck shit up um warring and it it uh yeah it sunk the lands um for the majority part and then later on the rest of the majority of the islands in these pacific and atlantic sunk but before that, there could have been other spark points. Um, for example, like uh, 
in mainstream history, they trace these brotherhoods coming out of like the Caucasus Mountains. So we don't know really where the original raiding came in from. Um, and there's so many timestamps of when these wars broke out. There's a major cataclysm supposedly around like 12,000 BC or something. And there's, there is information on the Scarlet Order, which in Kiwantics is called Ruby Order. But in Kemet, they, these pharaoh lines and the scarlet order councils um seduced uh well the pharaoh lines already were raiders that positioned themselves but they came in and they completely tweaked and distorted the mystery school teachings mm -hmm. and everything was flipped upside down and um into more left-handed path hierarchical initiations through these temple complexes. Um, and Kemet in ancient times was like a, a major, not only grid point, um, but a coming together of tribes and the quote unquote mystery school teachings. It was like a center of great initiation. Um, and this is where you get into the information of like, a mentee and all that and there's there's a lot more to unfold but um mm -hmm. a mentee is the lower astral grid works and the underworld you could say but yeah uh, that's also other topics of like all that but this happened all over though the raids like i've i've used before like the word hyksos loosely and i i for example talking about like the Hyksos raiding the northern tribes and people are quick to be like, what are you even talking about? Because that's not where it's supposedly, but it, what I mean by that is these same networks and there's different networks, um, but they raided all over under different names and time uh, stamps and timelines of these raids that occurred. Um, but yeah, they, they, it, it was all over as widespread the raids, every tribe. Right. And so because there has been a lot of like hidden history, even, you know, for for those listening that they're like, where, where where is this information even coming from? Like from what I from what I understand, this information was found in these like CDT plates. Right. Originally, is that where we get all this stuff from, like where Atlantis and all? Is that where it really comes well, from or is there another source? Kelantic hmm. information, that's what she says. Um, mm -hmm. There are all types of tablets, though. Are mm. from all different types of tribes and stories and <clears throat> the thing is with that um and there's uh i was actually watching a video yesterday somebody was playing um on their live but it was talking about like father crespi and these tribes in somewhere in south america but these like underground caverns that they are inhabited by their gods um and entities and but they have like all of these tablets and information gold sculptures um the thing is with this most of the information if it hasn't been wiped out or collected by the vatican is um held secret still by certain indigenous tribes and they don't share it with outsiders and they have it hidden if it's physical um as far as information like cdt plates I don't know if they're even actually called that, but yeah, there are definitely records and like 
I guess you could say like energetic, like tablets and higher levels and halls of records. And and that's yeah. where we get into the Akashic and Akashic records and all that stuff, right? Right. Um, but as far as Mu and Atlantis, and I'd have to look at the actual information to give specifics, but this was blown up by individuals in alignment with these same networks, ironically, um, like Lumuria, Atlantis, like these names and everything, you can uh, find the stories from different areas, but th those actual names and some of the like Mu and whatever the names actually were, yeah, I think they were real civilizations and continents. Um, also in the Indian Ocean, there was a civilization and continent there but they found like underneath like in the ocean they found like um yeah. there was definitely a city, cities and stuff under there right it's not mm -hmm. going to be mainstream but yeah there's all mm -hmm. types of information of pyramids and temples and yeah another thing is was she really where was she really pulling that information from because yes there's a lot of truth but to what extent was she being messed with from her network when and how much of her filters are in that information? So yeah. not just the mechanics, but the history as well. So the overall like uh, warring and cataclysms and things like that, yeah, we resonate with, but all the specifics and details she gives about who did what and all these like groups and we we don't know for sure how much of that is true and right and where yeah. some of her own networks like perceptions and what they wanted her to say and yeah true 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 yeah yeah so when because that's another thing right it's like um when people say oh yeah this information was translated from the cdt plates and through the speakers and all that it's like there's there's already this this filter so that's why i was wondering you know but like it makes sense that it would be present mm -hmm. in other places as well yeah. it's what people resonate with but that's how we have unfolded things and what we resonate with some people from these communities would adamantly disagree with that and be like no like you're just uh, a hater and or whatever they come up with to say but yeah it's uh I would just recommend having discernment yeah and it's not that important at our stage of like pathwork and development to know all the details mm. we need to know there's fallen networks we need to know about the main warring that's been going on that there's overlays that there's distortions down here and maybe some of the major like historic events but we don't need to know all the specifics in order to start healing and moving forward it could be major right. to unfold certain things. Um, but what I say discernment in is not only the order of things, but all of the long, drawn out, elaborate details of these stories. A lot could just be not only mashed up, but like thrown around and and disinformation within it. For example, for anybody thinking that's not true, um, in Voyagers 1, she says that the Anunnaki were guardians of humanity. In Voyagers 2, she completely changes it. 
and says how it yeah. actually is. Um, there's all types of things like that that I could talk about in the work. It's, yeah, like it's contradictions. Yeah, contradictions and yeah. stuff. Mm. Talking about supposed Tara and falling into 3D, and obviously there's going to be time shifts and how higher densities are and lower densities. But when you start looking at the years and questioning everything and and like really looking at these time graphs of timeline she shows doesn't make sense it's like i was like stuck on that for a while trying to figure out what exactly she's showing here because i didn't just read it oh okay this happened and that happened then that i was like trying to like look at it and be like all right so and it, it's it it doesn't line up it, mm, and she, she went into all of these like weird details of things and tangents into great detail instead That's so of Instead of developing the basis of pathwork and a lot of things that she'd never even talked about. Yeah, it was, well, the workshops were like, it's all this pathwork with, along mm. with these huge dramas and like, it's, it can get you wrapped up in a story and not focused on unfolding the pathwork that needs to be put together. Ah, I see what you mean. Into struggling to understand all of her graphs and all of her like super complex information, which a lot of it is practically useless. What about the eight pin systems and all that stuff? Is that is that is that even useful at all? Well, that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> I I do resonate with aspects of it, but um, it needs like, discernment. <laughs> Like I, I do resonate with like you see what I mean. Like this like white lion like grid. I don't know if they actually look like that. There's definitely uh, a serpent grid network and all of these and more more than what she showed. Um, there's arachnid grid networks as far as like the reversal grids. There's squid like uh, there's all types of grid grids. Um, but um. Yeah, she shows a lot of grid maps. And again, from up to now, what we've shared, I see we're discerning of all of it. And I do feel that there's truth in a lot of what she's showing, but I can't be certain that right. all of it is accurate and how it is. Like all um, the points that she's showing and everything is, we we don't know for sure if, if they're like that. But overall, the information of having those grids, yes, yeah. they, they are. And, and a lot present. of it does line up better and more refined and more information than what you see in New Age Stargates and grid networks. It, it's interesting. It's very in-depth, but it also needs discernment. And But we can see this in how they use lions in in their elite like architecture all over um and how they use eagles and and they use these elemental animal guardian totems and that's definitely a real connection with earth probably more animals than that but she's talking about like well these animals the 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 ox eagle lion and the man one that, that comes from also it's in the bible and christian teachings but for example we can see how in india they honor and worship the ox mm -hmm. uh, 
there there's these there's these cultures around the world that do honor these specific animals and for example the the easter island statues um i i do resonate with these i have my own information that i've unfolded of exactly what the faces of man network is i i think it's far more in depth than even what she shared it's actually a core eternal hall network where if you saw this and i've seen it on real journeys not just visualizations um uh pillars that have four faces on each side kind of like what alex gray shows but i don't resonate with all of his stuff um because there's also false light records halls grids networks that it, it mocks eternal creational grid networks but um yeah the mm -hmm. for example we could see an Angkor Wat temple the the pillars with four faces on each side it, it, it is shown on earth and that is a core hall network um from what I resonate with and it's <clears throat> it needs access to fully and and this this also gets into the mechanics the cycle the the time continuum halls if you saw it from a hyper interdimensional realmic viewpoint you would see like pillars with faces and they're breathing the ether forth into the time cycles um yeah. or that or you could see it like geometrically there's different ways that you can see the realms and everything from a templating or from the living expression of it because the mechanics is living also there's and and not in the same sense of like malevolent but there there's a spiritual intelligence behind each aspect of creation and the um, faces of man one connects in with the cathedral the elemental cathedral mm. and we didn't see that pop up in freedom teachings until the alhambra came in in her new work that's when she started sharing information on the cathedral network and she had her own areas of where the cathedral was um which doesn't even line up if you look at the mechanics and where some of these main sites would be um it doesn't line up with what she's showing in her Alhambra Cathedral um mm. I haven't unfolded that fully yet um of these sites but yeah I I think she shows a lot of insight into the grids but there's there's even more and, mm. and just looking at those maps as 2D also it's and it's not just 2d it's multi-dimensional so there's more points of all these areas wow yeah that that's that's definitely a, a lot i mean i yeah i was like thinking with chaos it's already a lot of grids and stuff and so there's if there's even mm -hmm. more that's wow so are we here to do you think we're here to in a way activate the grids or what are we here to do really like what is the <laughs> point of all these grids <laughs> what do you think we need to do our own path work first before going and working with the grids and a lot of people are trying to work with the grids before they clear their own stuff which so is true not i think it's both um what Laura just said uh is a fact but I think it's both because we're on the grids we're affecting it we can work with them but if you want to mm -hmm. do anything major like what these uh various groups do um it needs your path work first mm -hmm. yeah. the wisdom councils are not present on the earth like they were when the grids were run 
in, mm-hmm. in, in an impeccable, eternal, creational alignment with the cathedral open. The cathedral's not fully online. It's not going to be until there are major hubs um, mm-hmm. because there needs to be areas to anchor the activations and not just people spread out all over and activating the grids as 12D avatars wherever they go. Um, there's way more to it. Um, and, and the wisdom councils are not close to being uh <clears throat> set up um it's mm. it's it's there's yeah, a lot so- of path work on an individual level to even get to that state of coming together in a true wisdom council stance for that to occur i think what's happening now i don't think these activations have started and ended like she has in her timelines um and i don't resonate with this uh 5d ascension activation stuff i think everything is just getting started um i've explained this before um Mm. it doesn't make sense that every twenty-five thousand years or even every couple thousand years there are these major activations and and going for example going into the golden age well when did that supposedly start a few decades ago and it's starting to amp up and supposedly this wave of like indigos and rainbow children coming in why is it going to be every thousands and thousands of years and then in a couple of decades boom and there's a massive great awakening it's not the foundation is going to be set up now and this is why they're so hard and trying to accelerate it to stop a foundation from being set up Wow. Uh, I think there's still a lot that needs to occur on earth for uh elemental command to fully come back with eternal law on on this level of earth. So yeah. Wow. As far as grid work, uh we can do uh, a level of grid work, but with our own like land where we live. So working with the things around us but not trying to do some like major activations and going around at sacred sites and things like that it's just about and this is also part of the path where we're clearing your space shielding your space your house your land working with the plants on your land and, and things like that so as far as this yes it, it is a part of the path work, but not going out and and pretending that you're so advanced and yeah until you actually reach a level of embodiment where you can where you can do that yeah because there's a lot of people running reversals in all these sites all the time yeah yeah major stuff yeah but they these networks are non-stop and they're running their grids so i don't think it would hurt to do grid work but at the same time make sure you're doing your path work and make sure you're clear and not getting fucked with and interference and because um you you don't want to have a pure intention and start getting interference and then Mm. uh actually do the opposite of what you're trying to do but if you're doing your path work um i think it's it's needed 
there there aren't many doing true grid work and right. these, these, okay. these reversal activations are happening and and they're doing it so it's like it, it needs to happen but it's the same with everything that i explained kind of it it needs discernment and it needs our path work and but if the intention is there and and you learn a certain way of doing this that's in alignment yeah but at the same time make sure you have a group because if you do something big you're gonna get targeted they mm. are they're a mafia and if you start fucking with their territory they're gonna come at you no matter what you believe of like oh i don't accept that into my reality of creation i'm a powerful creator i don't see attacks as coming at me i'm gonna transcend this like it's that's not exactly how things are operating and like it it yeah. does need discernment mm -hmm. i see so that, that's a, yeah. that's a good recommendation for those of you out there that the like the idea of grid work and all this stuff there are some things to consider beforehand so thank you for that and uh but uh but yeah so so just you know to start wrapping it up a little bit with this yeah this um idea of like okay so where are we headed right it's just so is there like uh are we running out of time some people seem to think oh maybe we should go faster and do this or is it more about like just going deeper within right now and taking our time to to get to where we want to be eventually yeah it's going within but not doing it halfway it's mm. like making the choice fully i think there are accelerations but anybody that doesn't feel that all the information of like it's all happening now, like now or never, like jump on the ascending timeline spiral. We're about to split. It's happening in a year now. That's been every year for how long now? Literally. Right. Like it's the next year, the event's coming, few months, next year, next year. Yeah, they're constantly having all these activations coming through the grids and we're ascending and our DNA is activating. There's <laughs> truth to it. There, there's always activations, but um you're not gonna activate unless you're doing the path work. Mm. yeah and the, you could have activations but you're not gonna tune into your own destiny arc and your own self-initiatory process if you're not doing the path work and shielding and working on your space and if we look at how creation functions and how necessary foundations are why would eternal creation take us through something completely blind Mm. we're going to need to set a foundation and clear our space and formulate strong communities that's why we haven't seen anything major and we see these agendas amping up and accelerating and but at the same time you have like the news propaganda and all of that and you you walk outside and there's birds chirping and and yeah we see chemtrails and all this shit but it's like it it's the middle path it's not as bad as they're saying but there is a war happening at the same time and but i mean i'd say going outside and seeing chemtrails every day pretty bad but there's things that we can do now we can get ourselves in alignment and work with elemental command and help clear stuff i'm not saying activations and ascension or incension isn't happening but i don't think it's as fast tracked and as rushed as is being presented and um it if you got yourself in alignment and it's not going to happen in 
the city or suburbs but if you're in the middle of nowhere and you're doing like real pathwork activation for decades you could activate and ascend or incend depending on what halls you go through it's real but the question is are individuals actually activating like they saying they are and is it actually happening on a collective level like they're saying it is not just accepting the group consensus of bifurcation timeline splits ascension fall whatever it may be yeah i have one last question for you guys so what happens, let's say uh, we do our pathwork, we, we get tailored, we, do, we build communities and we anchor in eternal life frequencies. What will happen? Will we just kind of transcend into this reality? Will we like create a new earth? Like, are we just going to disappear and go somewhere else? Like, what, what do you guys think is going to happen? <laughs> it's going to start anchoring eternal law. So if it's powerful enough and if we have enough community starting to formulate around around the world so not just one uh that will be pretty powerful and it, it's gonna start breaking down the nets and and all the things that are going on which is gonna basically start getting the returns back to these networks so they're gonna lose their grip basically Okay, so that would allow us to create this sort of like what, what people call in New Age spirituality, New Earth, right? And um, and let's say what, what would happen if like, uh, uh, let's say, would I be able to live longer or just disappear and go somewhere else? Or maybe or when I die, will I not recycle back into this planet? What's the idea here? All of the above. It depends what's happening in creation and the mechanics. Like, let's say a, a mass, like, billions let's say hundreds of thousands of people on earth are without interference are focusing on splitting off and creating their own realmic experience they could probably do that in some way whether that's in the astral or even higher or whatever um let's say if you see what i'm saying it's mm -hmm. a lot of things can but the point is to the earth at here. this 3d stationed level like ball boom like 5d or incension earth uh i don't think it's exactly like that um i think earth at 3d is like a a stationed uh planetary vehicle realmic experience that has been at this level even before the falls in 3d in these time cycles of expanding and contracting it's like a stationary point um mm -hmm. this planet um there's many they're all 3d level is vast even alone um so but earth um this experience i think has been here and it's going to be the question is when will humanity break free of all these tap offs the nets and truly liberate this realm is the question oh we don't even know the last uh stellar activation cycle people could have been their groups could have been saying the same thing there could have been interference just like now oh we're about to ascend and i think there was more known in the ancient times and there's more advanced technology present more information there's bigger wisdom council communities but like if you see what I'm saying uh it, it's just like let's say back then 
the same thing happening now with all these communities. Let's say it was happening then, and then look what happened. We're here again in another stellar activation cycle. People still getting recycled, and they're like, like every life, like not everybody, obviously, but like, I'm a star seed. I came from here. The next life, I'm a star seed. I came from here. I just woke up. It's like the same thing could have been happening over and over, and we didn't make it out. So it's right. like, it's, yeah. Um, and I'm obviously some people can jump in and out if they have access and break through it. Um, I just think it needs discernment. And that's, yeah, it, with everything. Um, right. Yeah. So it's like, because I know some people are, are wondering about this. So what, what, what is the objective of all these techniques and all this? What, what are we doing? You know, it's like, so the objective is that anchor in eternal frequencies and eventually create this, this unique realmic experience, perhaps where we can live in, in, in a place where, yeah, everything is eternal, not, not like finite, like here. Yeah. And being able to either ascend if if one can do enough path work and get out of the city and all of that or incend after this lifetime so can be free from this from the nets and from the reincarnation loops mm, right so it's a matter of choice right so to anybody listening to this today uh it's like laura was saying you have to decide right either you're in or you're you're out it depends on what you want to experience here right we're not like, saying oh this is the way this is what you have to do some people might not choose that but um but i think it's a it's a great message you know because and the way you said it, it even sounded like the the sound of your voice in that moment was like this is my message to you guys <laughs> well also with what's happening right now uh there's a choice do you if these agendas accelerate like how they are are you going to just accept and go with the flow of living in smart grid areas and at, at the worst these 15 minute cities to suburban type smart grids and then or off-grid and in communities, eco, permaculture. Um, and yeah, that's a major decision. And the, those are, that's what's coming up quick, the, those two decisions. Yeah. And it's going to be getting worse as they're trying to harvest and separate people more and more and get them further away from being able to remember and even like about any other choice and and just to yeah. put this in perspective for people in kilantics that maybe are like oh i don't resonate with what he's saying all throughout her teachings she was telling people first of all it was very rushed everything was like do this get this activation we don't have much time there here's this drama next one do this Here's this new activation. Here's this new drama. Yeah, at any point, and, we can be evacuated. Right. And she was mm. telling people, like, at any moment, many of us in different areas without even talking to each other could get the call to go to the same place and we're out of here. But mm -hmm. it's only certain people. And it's like, uh, mm. so it's the same thing. And look what happened. Nobody yeah. ascended and got evac'd. And it's the same thing with the new age. Don't worry about everything going on and getting yourself organized. Just law of attraction, align, listen to these channels and where the event's coming. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't focus yeah. on that because then you're going to create your alignment to that that timeline. You need to focus on the 5D ascension and event. Mm. It's all going to be bliss. 
five D's liberated. We're going there. It's going to happen next year. And that's every single year. So what's happening exactly? <laughs> Literally, people are getting blindsided, okey-doked, and aloof to what oh, gosh. actually happened. Yeah. Right. I was on the 5D boat as well. So I'm I'm giggling because I'm laughing at myself too. I was like, oh, wow. One day I felt like, I think I'm in 5D now. I think I'm in Well, I went through that for a, a little while also. But <laughs> what I started discerning, for example, like listening to stuff like Bashar, um, well, certain experiences I had, but mm. for example. The guy that channels, the guy that channels like, and yeah. like yells yeah. at people, like tells them they're stupid, basically. <laughs> Like a supposedly some like futuristic Zephilium gray type being, but wow, yeah, anyways. Um, like somebody like, Oh, Bashar, what do we do about chemtrails? And he's his answer is, Do you want them? <laughs> Just don't think about it, and it's gone. I heard it's about like, it, though, yeah. Like what? What version of Earth do you want to focus on? There's so a better for, version for like a. It wasn't that long, but I'm like, oh, that like I was like, yeah, I just I don't want chemtrails. I don't want chemtrails, and then not even thinking about that, like it doesn't exist, and like not even trying to think about it. Then it's like I don't live in that reality, but there are still chemtrails. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm, yeah, this is bullshit. Like this well, isn't you know what he's gonna tell you if if you ask him the question, he's gonna it's, be like, do you know the theory of the elephant? Like, don't think about an elephant, and your mind, your subconscious mind thinks about it, so that's why it's there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're all like talking about that how every every moment every second we're changing timelines every second right. is a different infinite number of timeline vectors in front of you and it depends on what your thought is for you to shoot into that trajectory and is there some truth to that though in a way that's that's probabilities mm. and and we not- have probabilities within timeline stream streams, but there's also interference and external circumstances. We're not singular God beings in this realm. We're in a collective realmic experience. Yeah. So there's a certain number of main timeline trajectories. There's the reversal overlay timeline trajectories. And then there's all types of probabilities that could occur individually to collective and what they're talking about of these like infinite number of vectors would be the probabilities um from what i resonate with so it's not like Mm. right so let's say you're in a certain probability and and you shift out of it and you experience like this huge synchronistic shift out of it and you could be like oh i just jumped timelines but you just shifted your probability trajectory in this realm. You're still in the same realm, but you shifted your probability directory. Okay, so that's a that's a like a nice nuance because that's true. It's not I like even like an didn't say that. infinite yeah. number of Earths, like every right. second, like mm, right. Okay, <laughs> it's true that even you know I tend to say that oh timeline shift or whatever, but it's I think that's a, it's a it's maybe yeah a better way to explain it is like oh the probability in that timeline has shifted right right all that, in the okay I, yeah. I like that. I like that concept. Thank you for bringing that in. 
Um, ah, well, it's been amazing. Thank you guys. We're going to start wrapping it up, but I wanted to, well, first of all, yeah, thank you again. And uh, for those listening, uh, thank you for being here as well. Did you guys want to add any last words or advice for people listening? Well, on that note, I think timeline shifts are possible. And to give more insight quickly on that, there are reversal overlay timelines with these inverted fallen probabilities that they want to manifest. So the timeline shift would be to get back onto the true eternal timeline trajectory and mm -hmm. the probabilities that exist within that experience. Nice. I like that. Okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're aiming for. Awesome. Okay, cool. How about you, Laura? Well, I'd like to say that whoever resonates with being their own master in a way, maybe that's not the best word to use, but whoever resonates with truly rising and embodying their eternal divine blueprint and getting out of this realm and this experience, you need to do the work truly and not depend on external uh, gurus, teachings, uh, just that things are just going to happen. It's it's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility for the self. And you have to make the choice fully. Exactly. I was going to say, just like you said, I think that's that's a beautiful way to, to end this episode. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful to, to have you both here. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode. And maybe we'll talk about nutrition more in depth or something, some other topic that you guys would like to talk about. How's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Wishing you a beautiful evening and wonderful day or evening for those listening whenever you're tuning in and yeah so how do you say goodbye or, or farewell in, in your language laura ciao really ciao like in like in italian <laughs> yeah. oh okay 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 well, well ciao then <laughs> <laughs>